The full-flavored non-alcoholic beverage I'm drinking right now is a Shrubucha Nojito by Firm Fatel. This unique non-alcoholic drink is made with a vinegar-based fruit juice called a shrub, as well as kombucha, which is fermented tea, to make the world's first probiotic mocktail. When you drink this fizzy beverage, you get a bold taste of mint and lime, as well as a good kick from the vinegar. And with only 22 calories, as well as being filled with bacteria, yeast, enzymes, vitamins, and antioxidants to support a healthy digestive system, it's one of the healthiest non-alcoholic beverages out there. Hi, everyone. I'm Marco Salazar, and welcome to the For All Drinks podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we chat with Julie Cielo, founder and CEO of Firm Fatel. Firm Fatel has created the world's first sugar probiotic mocktail in classic cocktail flavors. They have flavors such as Madame Mule, Nojito, Cosmopolitan, and a Margarita, and I can't wait for you to learn about the healthy benefits you get from drinking these super tasty non-alcoholic beverages. Thanks so much for joining us today. Julie is one of my favorite people that I've met in this emerging non-alcoholic beverage space. She has such an amazing story from being a medium as well as a mortician working with the dead to becoming a yoga therapist and transformational life coach to eventually founding Firm Fatal to help the living really live. This is a really fun interview and in it we discuss the origin of Firm Fatal and the need to create non-alcoholic drinks that help people feel included as well as feel healthy. What exactly shrubs and kombucha are and the science of making delicious drinks, the health benefits of probiotic mocktails, as well as how Firm Fatel has a mission of social impact embedded into the work they do to support people's lives and the planet. So here she is, Jilly Cielo. Hey, Julie, welcome to the For All Drinks podcast. Hey, Marcos, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today because you've created a really interesting and unique product in the non-alcoholic beverage space, a delicious probiotic and it's filled with all these healthy things like bacteria, yeast, vitamins, antioxidants, all to support digestive health. And I'm actually drinking one right now. I'm drinking the Madame Mule and it is super yummy. So I'd love for us to just get started on where'd the idea for Firm Fatale come from? Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm really pleased to, you know, have kind of coined the term probiotic mocktail, but more importantly, the first and world's first zero sugar probiotic mocktail, which was not my original plan or idea. Where did it come from? Well, it's kind of a twofold story. I was coming off of a 25-year career as a healer and a yoga therapist, and I was looking at creating an online program in 2014, whenever that became was starting to become hot. And I had created an online program called Rhythm Lifestyle. It had three pillars, diet, movement, and philosophy based on the seasons and using traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, which I've been studying for decades. And I was presenting that online program to a couple online consultants. These guys were gurus. I had paid them for five discovery sessions, and we were on our second Skype call. And the one guy said to me, you know, Julie, this program is really dynamic. He said, it's kind of complex. Have you considered just focusing on one of your pillars? I said, well, no, it would take away from the dynamicism of of the program if I did that. And he said, well, which one are you most passionate about? And I said, well, if I had to pick one right now, it'd be diet. And he said, why? I said, well, I grew up Italian. Food was the center of everything. 
But when I was 24 years old, I became ill with what they thought was an autoimmune disease. And I was at a Dave Matthews concert. So I'm dating myself a little. (laughs) I was at a Dave Matthews concert in Atlanta, Georgia. And I was not able to drink alcohol. In fact, I couldn't even have a condiment. I was so ill. Anytime I had any, um, virtually anything, my stomach would swell. I'd end up cramping. I'd have to go home or to the hospital. I was in really bad shape, but I almost died that year. So I'm at the concert and I'm watching my friends tap a keg. And I felt really excluded. And I also felt like, there was no way I could be a part of this social interaction unless I was drinking alcohol. And not only could I not have alcohol, but I couldn't even have a coffee or a tea or, or anything. So whenever the guys asked me what I was most passionate about, I was flooded with this memory of, of that moment of being at the concert and feeling excluded. And that memory was 15 years prior, but it affected me in such a deep way of not feeling included and feeling on the outside of a social interaction with friends that it impacted me so much that whenever they asked me the next question, Julie, close your eyes. What's the name of your new company? And I'll never forget it because I was looking at myself on Skype and I opened my eyes and I said, Firm Patel. And they said, Did you just come up with that right now? And I said, I have no idea what that means or where it came from. It literally just came out of my mouth. And they said, well, what is it? And I said, it's a line of fermented cocktail mixes. At the time, I wasn't really thinking mocktail yet. That was in 2014. So I was ahead of my time. That's why BevNet selected me for Startup Beverage of the Year showdown that year. I wasn't even in the market. I was the only company that was pre-market at that time. And the reason why they selected me was because of the innovation. I had created five fermented cocktail mixes that year. And I hadn't even I didn't even have recipes for them at the time. I, it was an idea in 2014. Well, by January of 2015, I had my first round of funding by two women that were both clients of mine in my healing business in Florida. And that year, 2015, I spent formulating five of the fermented cocktail mixes and building out a a production facility. So to answer your question, the, the idea came out of struggle and illness in a feeling One, that's an amazing story. And I think there's so many elements of what you're talking about that's so interesting to this non-alcoholic beverage movement. The first thing is that there's that feeling included or feeling excluded. And there's so many people that drinking and even and food are such an integral part to connection and community. And when you don't have something that you can partake in that experience, it's very easy to feel like excluded. But then I think there's this other element where it needs to, it, it can and should be healthy. And I think that's the thing that you're building and creating. So when it's taking back to 2015, 2016, when you first started and how has the company evolved? Well, in 2015, we, you know, I spent that entire year building out the production facility and formulating. And then BevNet, that was a whirlwind of a year. Uh, a month after BevNet, I ran out of capital. 
So I lost everything, including my 20-year retirement fund. I went bankrupt and lost my home in 2016. So, you know, I'd, I'd ran out of capital for angel funding, but then spent my entire life savings trying to save the company because the train was going down the tracks at that point. And you don't just pause a beverage company <laughs> whenever you're running a large production facility. You know, I, I had to offload an entire facility's worth of heavy equipment at that point. And 2016, between 2016 and 2019 were probably the three toughest years of my life. And I've had a pretty, pretty, I don't want to say checkered past, but I've, I've had some struggle and challenge in my life with a mother with mental illness and autoimmune and et cetera, et cetera, just like everyone has had their challenges. But those three years were probably the most significant dark night of the soul for me because I have always attached my ability to succeed with my self-worth. And I got to see that. I mean, I, I was pushed down to my knees in a way that I had never been in my life. And I really thank God for that opportunity to have such a low moment of time in my life. Because when I hung the rope to hang myself, <laughs> I'm not kidding. I heard a sarcastic voice, an Italian voice. And that voice asked me a very important question. And the question was, well, now do you know what you're living for? The loss of firm fatale, I needed to lose a part of my ego and my identity and what self-worth and self-love really meant to me before I could actually receive what it is that I'm experiencing right now. Because the company is a, in a whole new trajectory now than it was at the time. But I need to go through something personally. And I believe that that's really what's going on here is that life isn't happening to me. Life is happening through me. And Firm Fatale is bigger than Julie Cielo. Firm Fatale is a movement. It's, it's something way, way bigger than me. So I've I've recognized that and I've I've actually removed myself and you know I, I've gotten out of my own way. And ever since I've done that, the company is thriving. We relaunched, I've got a third round of funding recently, and we relaunched January 2020, a month before COVID. And we have had our biggest month in April in the height of COVID. We've had an amazing response since we launched. Tons of interviews and people are interested and I just landed eight stores in Seattle. I mean, like it's it's moving like a freight train right now. And I believe it's because the inner clutter, the inner clutter that was there and all of the issues that were going on within me that needed to be healed have been healed and they are continuing to heal because it's very important for me to let the viewers, the listeners know that Life isn't about your destination. It's about the journey and the person that you become in the process of whatever it is that you're doing. So this isn't just a probiotic mocktail company. This is this is this is so much more than that. It's it's a place for people to land and feel included, to start cleaning up their lives from from the inside. And it's it's not just diet. <laughs> It's so much bigger than that. It's living with a clean heart. So that's what I teach now. I, I, we are launching an online program teaching people about how to live clean while they're drinking dirty. Amazing. And one, one I love that. 
kept that phrase and we're going to get back to it. And first of all, thank you again. Thank you so much for being open and honest and vulnerable. I think of course, both from a personal level, but also that entrepreneurial journey. And I think you touched, you touched on something that's such, I see in so many entrepreneurs is oftentimes we can be the ones that are getting in our way. And sometimes we got to reach that level in order to, or face that type of adversity or challenges to get that clarity and try to like remove that clutter. And it's amazing to see as you've risen in, out of that and uh, developed the company that you have. And as you were, as everything was evolving, you personally, as well as the company, did the product evolve as well during this time? Absolutely. So I'm a, I'm not a trend follower. I'm a trendsetter. And Bevnet saw that in 2015, but what's happened since then in the market and, and what people are asking for is really moving towards no sugar and no alcohol. So I saw that coming and I also recognized that it was kind of not only an ambitious idea to launch five mixes at one time, you know, five formulations. It was absolutely crazy idea, but you know, I, what I learned was focus on one and do it well. So what I decided to do is take the Shrabucha, and there are four others. So I took just one formula, and I knew that I needed to not only make it shelf-stable because kombucha products are, are limited if you don't have a shelf stability, but how was I going to keep it raw and live and filled with trillions of bacteria and make it zero sugar. How was I going to do that? Well, it took me, took me those three years of the dark night of the soul time that I actually was busy formulating. So once I found my co-packer that was, it's, it's not just about being uh, a good co-packer. It's about really understanding fermentation and, and, getting my concept and using ingredients that were the highest possible quality in the world. So it took me not only those three years to formulate, but to find the co-packer that was going to be able to fulfill my goals. I mentioned I used to produce myself, but now I don't. And that was another really big piece of learning for me. Was it, I knew that if I, if I wanted to be successful at this, I needed to pick being in charge of operations or pick being in charge of sales and marketing. And I know what I'm good at. I'm a good marketer. I'm a good salesperson, not because I can convince people of things, but because I actually really truly believe in the product. And I believe that I have, I have a way of conveying that to the consumer instead of being, you know, stuck in a production facility. So I learned, I've learned a ton. I've learned a ton in the past few years but yes, the product has evolved into a zero sugar shelf stable product that used to be in 750 ml swing tops and need to be refrigerated. Well, now it's in seven ounces, a custom bottle that was inspired by the old Italian Orangina by San Pellegrino. Yep. Yeah. Because we, we call this the modern Italian soda. So I wanted it to feel very novel and sort of give like a, an Italian throwback. Yeah. And I want to get into the branding in a bit, but because I, when I got the package, it's, it was beautiful. But before we get into that, one of the things that I'd love as you were kind of learning and formulating this process, 
This is probably new to a certain extent to this audience, to non-alcoholic beverage drinkers. And I'd love for you to share just to kind of define or let's get a little bit geeky into what all these means. Like there's fermented, there's shrubs, there's probiotics, there's kombucha. And what are all those elements that make up the product? Yeah, so geeky is my middle name. So you know I'm a former mortician. So the ongoing joke is I used to ferment people, but now I ferment cocktails. I actually really love to see people's reaction whenever I say that because the people that are afraid of death are the ones that have like the big white eyes and those that have a little bit of a sick, twisted sense of humor like me, like little chuckle. But we make shrub. So shrub is vinegar-based fruit juice. We make that with kombucha vinegar strain that is very proprietary to our company. It's a very old, ancient culture that we let propagate for, we age it for a very long time. And we ferment all of the the sugar out of it with the organic uh, fruit that is sourced from the Pacific Northwest. All of the farms that we source our, our fruits from are within a 10 mile radius of Portland. So we make the shrub and then we make the kombucha. I can't give you all of the information as to totally, what, totally. what you know, types of tea and everything that we use, but it's, it's all very proprietary. And, but we make our shrub and then we make the kombucha and then we, we add the two together to make the shrubucha. So gotcha. that's, where the na- that's where the name comes from. Gotcha. And then what, why are probiotics so important? Oh, so probiot- the word probiotic means pro-life, right? So they're actual live organisms that are in there. So let's talk about how kombucha is made for a second so we can really understand the process. So, you, you know, you have this slimy SCOBY, which is an acronym for symbiotic combination of bacteria and yeast. And it looks like a gelatinous, people think it's a mushroom. It's not a fungi. It's, it's a combination of bacteria and yeast. Fungi is different. So we take this live organism. Did I mention it's alive? <laughs> it's like an alien. It's yeah, alive. I've seen them. It's amazing. Yeah. It? yeah. And then you drop it down into the sweet tea, the sweet, the sweetened tea. And you can actually physically watch the SCOBY going in there and starting to eat the sugar. So you see the SCOBY eating, he's eating, he's eating, and he's converting that sugar into naturally forming for, formula, um, naturally forming compounds. And these compounds are what make kombucha so unique and such a tonic that has been used for thousands of years across Asia. So you're getting really high levels of B12 vitamins, which are practically non-existent other than eating animal flesh that are, we have a vegan product. We, we don't, we're not like, you know, vegan evangelists, but you know, I think that there's definitely a lot of great things when it comes to being vegan, you know, there's digestive acids that get, uh, that occur during this process that cannot be found anywhere else in nature. The, the good bacteria, there's trillions of different types of, of strains and bacteria in the kombucha, specifically since our shrub is so old, we're able, we're able to see, you know, different strains of, of bacteria that are, are harder to find in some of the young booch 
And then of course the, the enzymes, the, the live enzymes that you get, you know, a lot of people take this in pill form. They take their enzymes, they take their hydrochloric acid, they take their probiotics all in pill form. The great thing about shrub bucha, and that's why we sell so many what we call shrub scriptions, where people are drinking them first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, because they're noticing that the people with acid reflux, for instance, well, the doctor is going to tell you that you need to take antacids if you have uh, acid reflux. That's the complete opposite of actually what your body needs. Someone with acid reflux is suffering from low HCL. Our product increases your HCL. So we have people write into us on a regular basis. After a day of drinking your product, I don't have a GERD or acid reflux any longer. I'm like, well, that's amazing. It's because of the HCL. But, you know, there's all these naturally occurring compounds in our product that you can't find anywhere else in nature. And of course, you know, it being zero, zero net sugar, you can put down two, three bottles in a night and not experience the same kind of issues that somebody that's guzzling down a 16 ounce regular kombucha is going to face. I mean, we, we see, we have a lot of candida sufferers that use our product and they're able to drink it because it doesn't have the sugar that most other kombuchas have. I think that was one of the interesting things in, in drinking it and looking at the nutritional values that there's just such low sugar, which very much contradicts and is the opposite of so many non-alcoholic beverages that are out there, which I think is yeah, one yeah. of the, the, the great things of what you're doing. Thank you so much for that lesson, because I think I knew to a certain extent all of those things, but it's always it was a little bit refreshing. I learned a few things. I, I got a, a package from Julie and tasting a wide variety of, of the drinks and the branding was phenomenal. Like from the texture of the of the packaging to the unique bottles that I saw and the size and the shape. And as well as just one of the things that's also fascinating, I just saw that you actually posted this on Instagram, is the triangle, the upside down triangle that points downward, as you say, is the, one of the oldest symbols of the divine power of the female. So can you talk a little bit about what that branding process looked like and how you came up with everything? Yes, absolutely. Well, the downward facing triangle logo I had been using for years prior. That has been a symbol that has represented me or my company for as long as I can remember. I mean, back then I didn't even have to have a business card uh, because everything was word of mouth, but, and I didn't have a website. So as soon as, as soon as I actually started using any sort of branding for myself as a healer, I was using a yellow, a gold downward facing triangle. I just gravitated toward it, towards it. it. It meant something to me because heaven on earth, you know, taking the heaven and pointing it down to earth, heaven on earth. I once had an online program called heaven on earth. My last name means heaven in Italian. And being a triple Gemini in my astrology chart, I found it, I've always found it very challenging to take an idea and bring it down into the, into form into earth and communicate it well and actually ground it. So it's, it's been a symbol that I strive to be in my life. And, and I have always used that symbol as inspiration to keep me moving in the direction that I believe that I'm supposed to be moving into. So that's where the symbol comes from, but it represents a part of our consciousness that's responsible. Yes. For gender, you mentioned the female 
but it's it's so much more than that. It's about the creative energy that represents abundance and the power and presence that we co-create with that conspires us and showers us with blessings. It's an energy of, of surrendering, but in a powerful, submissive way. This symbol also represents community and collaboration. And this is what the downward-facing uh, triangle represents in sacred ge geometry. As you know, we're female-founded and female-financed. If you had to ask me what is your greatest cause, I think feminism, yes, would definitely be up there. We're still at 72% of what men make. I'm in a male-dominated industry in the beverage industry. Every day I get told what to do and how to do it. and I think that, you know, when it comes to subtle sacred geometry and energy, you, you have to learn how to play with energy in life. And life is energy and you have to know how to, you know, have to work with it, stay in, in the flow of it. And that's what our company represents is, is submitting in a powerful way, powerful way, power over force. And, uh, but to answer my own question that I pose is our biggest cause is the planet, Mother Earth. Yeah. And we're, we're working really hard to build a company that educates people about regenerative agriculture. And, you know, in 60 years, we might not have any topsoil left to be able to farm. And we wouldn't even be able to have this conversation you know, people talk about Republican and Democrat and all these different, you know, teams. They want to pick teams. Well, in 10 years, if we don't do something, we're not going to have a planet anyway. So none of this is going to matter. So, you know, if if we had to pick a cause for Fatal, it would be the planet Mother Earth, first and foremost. And I love thinking about using the business as a vehicle to, to make a positive impact. It, that's what we do. That's what I do with my other company, Be Social Change, and really supporting companies to be able to do that. And as you're growing this company, what's the type of people that are you bringing into the company and to the uh, community that you're building? Yeah. So we, we, everyone on our team, our entire marketing team are all females, with the exception of one male who manages our ads. And he, definitely has a very divine feminine essence about him. Same with our bookkeeper, a humble, very strong male in touch with his own power in the right way. <laughs> it's not ego. So we, we pick people on our team that really understand why we're doing what we're doing. This is more than a beverage. Like I said, this is about edu educating folks about unity consciousness and also gut health in the microbiome, but the microbiome of the planet. Those two pillars of, of, our, of our business, if, if we bring someone new into the team and they don't fully understand everything about gut health and the microbiome and how important and connected that is to unity consciousness and our, in our, in our, our spiritual component, then they're not the right fit for Firm Fatal. So, you know, we we tend to take on a lot of female creatives that get it and have a little bit of an edge to them. 
what's interesting is you're we're having this conversation. You're normally based in California, and you are in Portland now, partially because you all have been growing. You are setting up a new facility. Can you share a little bit about kind of the recent growth that you've had, especially in this context of COVID? So we actually produce our we've produced our product in Portland since the beginning, since last fall. And that's when we had our soft launch. That's whenever I landed all seven Air One market accounts in Los Angeles, because I, I live in Venice Beach. Our headquarters is in Venice Beach, California. And I manage and do all the deliveries to Air Ones myself. So I'm, I'm very hands-on with the company. Up until recently, I was the one doing all the demos at all seven stores. But we decided to, since we do produce up here in Portland, and we just took on a fulfillment center here. So those are the folks that package everything up. And we we sell a lot online. And we're fortunate that we're able to do that since it is a shelf-stable product. So we needed to take on a fulfillment center. And it needed to be in Portland. So I found this amazing facility that hires disabled folks in the community. Oh, wow. And I'm really passionate about partnering with these folks. It's called Relay Resources. So we have our co-packer in Relay Resources here in Portland. And I've been freighting all of the inventory down to LA and and sending everything out from there. But after some thought and COVID, and I was just opening up a fulfillment center in a different location up here when COVID hit, I was scrambling to figure things out. And instead of trying to figure things out, I decided to step back and Mm. just see where life was flowing. And what I noticed was a lot of response in Portland. I was on the news channel, NBC News up here, a couple magazines, like people were just, you know, there was a really great response in Portland. So I decided with COVID to come up here, I drove a Sprinter van up and I basically opened up an office in Portland, our second office now. And I will be going back and forth between our headquarters in Venice, that's pretty much run by my team down there, and up here overseeing fulfillment and co packing. So I, I feel really fortunate to be in the position that I'm in that I can grow in a time where people are closing their doors. And I anticipate this this next step in Portland to be fruitful. And so far, it already has. I just landed eight stores in Seattle, and I fly there next week. So yeah, so things are growing. And Portland is an amazing community that has so much more regenerative agriculture scene. And the, 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 the soil is a lot richer here in general, and the community roots and vibe are strong. And I want to set myself up to be in a community that's long-term where is as beautiful and amazing as it is in Venice Beach, the roots of community for sustainability, I would say the depth is lacking for me. So I'm straddling both cities right now. Yeah. And as you're starting to see this growth, where do you see the company in like one to three years? Well, this next year, I will be working really hard to just continue to firm our foundation 
and make sure that all of our online customers are being taken care of and our you know, supply chain is strong. Our distribution chain is set up for success. And then I would say in three years, uh, my guess is I've already had offers to sell the company. Actually, I had an offer pre-launch and uh, of course I said no. <laughs> so I expect offers will probably start coming in if, if, if things go as planned in three years. And then, you know, if, if things go like I hope that they will, I'd love to be hired back and uh, continue to face the brand. And what's your favorite part of all this? What's the part you love most about your work? Educating people, seeing people heal from the product. I mean, when I get messages on Facebook or Instagram or wherever saying, you know, your your product, you know, helped me significantly. I don't, I don't have to take my diabetes medication anymore. I don't have to take the, you know, certain medications. Like when I see that sort of transformation from the product itself changing lives there's nothing that makes me happier. I, I hope to continue to grow that. And you, hopefully you're going to start to see more like before and after photos and more transformations and such. We're, we're still new that we, we don't have all that data yet, but that's really what makes me excited is to see people changing from the product. Absolutely. And I think you are creating a product that's really unique in this whole non-alcoholic beverage movement. I, there's definitely beer and wine and spirits. And then there's this whole other category that you're pretty much driving, which is really, really amazing to see. Well, I, I created the category. Yeah, exactly. You're creating so, it, you're driving uh, it. And yeah. I mean, the probiotic mocktail, no one even no one even talked about it or knew what it was. But it, it's important to know that I wasn't always calling it the probiotic mocktail, or I we call it the world's first zero sugar probiotic mocktail. But I wasn't always calling it that. I used to call it the convertible social beverage. Oh, and that's right, we said that. Yeah. Yeah. Even at Bevnet in 2015, I was, you know, and everyone would sort of look at me like I had three heads every time I'd say that. And what I realized was that mixers are passe, but we were moving into a whole new trend with the non-alcoholic space. And I was trying to find something that was sort of like a mixer, but not. And I'm going to be really candid here and share something with you that happened right before we launched that really helped me to pick my, pick my lane. I was supposed to sponsor somebody in the, the non-alcoholic spaces podcast. She's very well known. And I had sent her a product and she, you know, we were, we were going to do it and it was going to happen in January. And I was over the moon, excited about it. And right before the podcast, she emailed me and said, Hey, I see some verbiage on your website about your product uh, detoxifying your liver as you like consume alcohol, like because I was still I was still trying to have a foot in both lanes, and she said we we can't have anything to do with your company if mm -hmm. if you have any terminology about alcohol. Now, I haven't been a sober person up until recently, and. The reason why I haven't been sober is because, frankly, I, I haven't 
my spiritual path hasn't brought me to that yet, or it hadn't yet. Now I'm in a place where my health is suffering due to probably, not that I have an alcohol problem, but alcohol isn't serving me any longer. And I, and I hear from all these younger people how alcohol is not serving them either and they're moving away from it. And the truth and the reason why that is for me and other people is because it's, it's a poison <laughs> and it, doesn't, it, it actually doesn't help you except for in the moment you might get a little extra courage. But beyond that, the long-term effects of alcohol are not good. And I, I lost the sponsorship to that podcast. And I, and I sat back and I, I took a long, deep breath. And when I exhaled, I said, zero sugar probiotic mocktail. And when that came out of me, And then we had to, I mean, I had already had all the packaging made at that point. I had to get stickers, Marcos, and place stickers over top of the world's first convertible social beverage and put world's first zero sugar probiotic mocktail and had my team putting stickers over everything because it was in the very last second of right before launch that I saw the light and realized you have to pick a lane when it comes to selling and it comes to branding you need to pick your lane. You can't have a foot in two lanes because if you're selling to everybody, you're selling to nobody. And I recognize that. And it was thanks to that woman that dropped me as a sponsor. At first, I thought it was the end of the world. And then I realized, no, she just showed me the light. And ever since I did that and we launched with uh, our probiotic mocktail it's been attracting all the right people and you'll see no suggestions of adding alcohol to our product in any of uh, any of our posts or, or our branding because our main concern isn't sobriety for our customers. Our main concern is gut health. And back in 2015, I spent a lot of money to have some scientists figure out at what point of alcohol consumption do good bacteria start to die in the gut? And what we discovered was that anything over 4% killed gut bacteria. And that piece of information has really been what our company ethos is has aligned with. So we're not evangelical sobriety people. We are about gut health and the planet and the environment and social impact for females. And like I said, you know, with all the Black Lives Matter stuff that's going on and, you know, the world is in, is in a very pivotal place right now. We are writing history and it's a time where we all need to look at what am I most passionate about? Why am I here on this planet? And how can I make an impact? So, you know, I hope that inspires somebody. (laughs) What a beautiful way to end this amazing conversation. I appreciate your openness to sharing where you've been and where you want to go. And not only the all hunky-dory times, but also the challenging times of what you've learned. And I know that the audience not only has learned about a delicious non-alcoholic option, but also I think lessons that they can take and integrate in their lives so that we are able to connect with people better. We also recognize the value 
of um, having a positive impact on the planet. And if we don't take action soon, we're not going to have that playing field that teams can play on, period. So thank you so much, Julie, uh, oh, for Thank you, Marcos, for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful. Yeah, and I look forward to, to many collaborations in the future. Yes, let's clean drink dirty. What a great interview. I hope you were inspired by Julie's story, and I can't wait for you to try her delicious probiotic mocktails. If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.